Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 211. We're going to talk about how to stay motivated in your training today. This hot topic has been coming up a lot in my one-on-one coaching calls with my warriors. The warriors, uh, I guess they're kind of mine. I don't own them. (laughs) I'm in relationship with them. Uh, And I'm actually going to bring in one of my mentors, one of my inspirations, Esther Perel. Not into the podcast room. (laughs) I wish. I have actually asked her to come on the podcast, uh, I believe, once, maybe twice. Um, Actually, that's something really cool to talk about is uh, the word no. And in my weekly email that I write to my warriors, so every Monday I write a weekly email which lays out the week ahead inside of warrior school. We normally have a lot going on inside of the school. We do live coaching calls, live teaching calls. Uh, All of the warriors do their um, two one-on-one coaching calls. Uh, Sometimes we're running events like in a few days time, I am off to Nashville to run our Confidently Ever After live event. So there's always stuff happening inside of the school, which is really cool. So the weekly email, sometimes I'll tell a story. uh, Sometimes I'll share a learning. um, Sometimes I'll share an education piece. But always I will set them up for the week ahead. Anyway, in this week's uh, week ahead of email, I wrote about uh, saying no. And I was actually getting my nails done uh, last Saturday. And, you know, it's this really cool place, local place that uses non-toxic stuff, non-toxic nail polish. I used to go to one in Melbourne, which I loved, and they're a little hard to come by here in uh, the north. But I found one, and there's this girl that her name is Tam. Anyway, Tam is from uh, the Philippines, and she's been here for about seven years. She moved over here on her own. All her family's still back in the Philippines, and Tam works like. She was working seven days a week, five days at a family daycare, a childcare, and then two days at the nail bar. Anyway, on Saturday, I was getting my nails done and it's about 4.40 p.m. on Saturday afternoon and they shut at five and a lady walks in and asks if she can get a two pedicures and, you know, Tam pauses uh, and you can tell that she's like thinking about it and she, she asks Mena, which is the other girl that works there, if she doesn't mind. Anyway, they said yes in the end. And so the lady was like, okay, I'm just going to go and get my friend. And she went away and they, she was away for about 10 minutes. And when Tem sat down and she started to, uh, you know, get back into my nails, started to paint my nails with this delicious brown color that I have on them right now, uh, she was really silent. And I could tell that there was something going on Uh, and so eventually she said why did I say that I shouldn't I shouldn't have said yes I always am saying yes when I really want to say no and uh, I asked her why you know why does she say yes instead of saying no like what goes on in her mind uh, in a situation like that And she said to me, well, I am worried that they can't get their nails done. I'm worried that they won't uh, be happy, that they won't uh, like me. You know, she um, shared basically that, well, it was all around how that other person would uh, feel. And often I think that's pretty common. You know, we say yes, (laughs) We're yes people uh, because we like to please people. We don't want to let people down. uh, And so we say yes, even though we want to say no. And what ends up happening, and I learned this uh, 
earlier on in my coaching career, I found myself in a place of like saying yes all of the time and not having really strict boundaries or constraints around my work. And what happens when we don't do that, when we don't create boundaries, we don't have constraints, we don't get clear basically what Brene Brown says. She talks about what's okay and what's not okay. And uh, when we're not clear on that and we keep saying yes, when we really want to say no, is that we start to feel resentment. Uh, And earlier on in my coaching career, my training career, I started to feel that because I was saying yes, I didn't have clear boundaries. uh, And so, but that was on me. Yeah, the way that I was feeling, the resentment I was feeling because I wasn't living in integrity. I wasn't being impeccable with my word. Uh, I wasn't saying no. Uh, I was saying yes when I really meant no. So on Saturday, they said yes. And, you know, she really wanted to say no. And what happened was this woman came back like 10, 12 minutes later. So now it's, you know, closer to five, two pedicures are going to take about another hour or so. Tam's already worked five days at the childcare, all day on Saturday there at the salon. And then... Mena starts to do the, you know, the pedicures and you, you can just tell from the energy in the room that, you know, they didn't get brought. Normally when you come in, they give you a beautiful, you know, a beautiful tea and a little chocolate and these women didn't get the same experience as potentially I got or previous people got over the day because, They really wanted to say no, but they said yes. And I think no is, (laughs) I'm just laughing because I'm saying no a lot and I'm Australian. So I'm imagining everyone listening who isn't Australian just thinking, no, no, because that's how we kind of say it in Australia. No, Uh, maybe you're not thinking that. Maybe that's just all in my head. Anyway, so it got me thinking about why do we say yes when we really want to say no? And often it's because we don't want to be the no, we don't want to be the no gal. We don't want to let people down. We don't want to disappoint people. We maybe don't want to deal with the repercussions of saying no. It feels easier to say yes than no, um, even though it isn't. Um, And the compounding effect of always saying yes over time uh, leaks a lot of energy and um, it's quite stressful. So something to really think about, and I invited my warriors to think about this really cool question that came from one of my favorite books, and I actually just started to listen to a podcast conversation with him today. Uh, It was on Lewis Howe's podcast, The School of Greatness, and he was interviewing uh, this author of one of my favorite books. And um, from his book, it's about coaching and asking great questions Uh, and one of the questions in the book and that came to mind in when I was writing my weekly email was what would you have to say uh, no to to say yes to something else so yes to more energy yes to training yes to doing something for yourself instead of for others so what would you have to say no to or who would you have to say no to to say yes to this thing to something else and I think I use it a lot in my work inside of warrior school when I'm coaching my warriors and they you know they want to do something uh, but you know we only have so much time and energy (laughs) in a day And so we have to say no to things in order to say yes to other things. And it's really looking at it in a way of opening up possibility to do these other things. But in order to open up possibility, we've got to say no. And so one, I think we need to look at, well, why do I struggle to say no? What comes up for me? What stories in my mind? What's, you know, what's the pattern or the behavior there around saying no? Uh, The second is, well, if I was to say no, what would that allow me to say yes to? 
and then the third really is creating boundaries or that container of you know putting constraints in into the, potentially that relationship or just being really clear on when is the right time for you to say yes and when is not the right time for you <laughs> to say yes uh, just getting clear about that can be even helpful um, and so those are some cool steps that you could go through this week. If you are a yes person, uh, put up some boundaries, gal. <laughs> Say no more. I've spoken about this quite a lot before, especially inside of Warriors School in some of our teaching calls. I'm the queen of no. Now, no doesn't mean that I'm not generous, not kind, not helpful, uh, No means that, actually, it's the opposite, really. Saying no to things and being really clear on what I say yes to, what I say no to, uh, having really clear boundaries and constraints or that container, knowing what's okay and what's not okay. One, it helps me stay out of resentment. Two, it actually helps me be a more powerful coach, uh, partner, friend, human being, because I'm not living from that place of resentment. And when I say yes, I mean yes. So I can show up powerfully and be present, be helpful. And so really, no, I think is um, an act of generosity, kindness, and it is helpful, especially if you're saying yes and you feel resentment towards yourself and then maybe even them for asking you or putting you in that situation in the first place, I can guarantee, oh, well, very highly likely that you probably won't show up as your most generous, helpful, <laughs> present self. Uh, anyway, that was a little bit of a side note. Where I was really going to go with that no story was... Uh, you know, I have a really big vision for my podcast. I've spoken a bit about this before. I want to grow her into this beautiful, big, badass baby. Uh, and part of that is inviting, you know, bigger guests on. Uh, and bigger, I don't just mean popularity or audience wise. Uh, I'm not really into that. I mean, bigger as in like, mastery or status in their field, um, expertise. You know, I'm a mastery player. I like to master things. I'm a perfectionist. I, you know, I attract a lot of women inside of Warrior School. They are mastery players. They're perfectionists. Uh, and I mean, when I'm talking about the podcast and I'm talking about bigger guests, I mean like like experts, like mastery players in their worlds uh, that really have, you know, are connected into like my world or the work that I do inside of Warrior School. So a lot of the women that I work with are, are moving into their second life and there's this whole undertone of reinvention which we're going to explore even deeper in our end of year event this year inside of warrior school which is so cool I've been going through it myself my business is still going through it uh, this one's a really long reinvention for me and same for my women you know all of the women I work with they're kind of at this stage of creating their second life and these reinventions are a longer process and basically what I want to do I want to get these big guests on the podcast that help women with this this creation or this reinvention into their second life so I've written to some really big people women mostly uh, and I've gotten no's a lot of no's because you know I'm not big and famous enough yet <laughs> One day I will be, uh, but I think there's something really cool in getting a no. And a no doesn't deter me. Uh, I've actually chased no's for a lot of my life and especially since starting the business and then building this podcast out and then looking at reaching out to people that, you know, are very busy, big, important people 
they're going to say no. You're going to get no's. But I invite you to keep asking or keep going. Now, there is definitely a way to invite someone into uh, your world, into a relationship, to invite someone onto a podcast, to invite someone to do something for you. And I, I've probably spoken about this a little bit on my podcast uh, on uh, how to ask for what you need or how to ask for what you want. Uh, but, you know, I spent a long time crafting up a invitation When you want someone to do something for you, you have to invite them in to do that thing. Uh, And that uh, that requires a couple of different things. One, I really love to build relationship. It's a really important um, piece of my work. It's a really important value to me. I love to spend time in someone's world and really slowly build relationship with them. And once you've built relationship, there's trust, there's attention, and then we can offer up invitations. And this is probably, it's pretty much what I do in warrior school. And this is why I ask for a minimum of 12 months, um, a minimum 12 month time investment. And to be honest, I've said this a million times before, that's not even long enough. Uh, And I'm sure a lot of my warriors can speak to that, that uh, it takes about a year to create a consistent training practice, to get strong biofeedback, to create a healthier body that functions really well and to really get over yourself (laughs) or to work through a lot of the shit that goes on in the mind. Uh, Now, some women, it takes a bit less. Others, it takes a little bit more. It depends on each woman's individual journey. But On average, from 14 years of experience, it takes about a year really for us to get our shit together, create a consistent practice, start to see changes in our energy, in our strength, uh, in our biofeedback. Yes, even in our body composition, but we don't see those really big, long lasting changes uh, until later, until, you know, I often say that once we get to a year, we're just getting started. Like it's just getting real. It's going to get really fun. Uh, and so, uh, a lot of my warriors can probably contest <laughs> to the fact that a year is still not long enough. I'd ask for two and I probably will. So if you're thinking about joining warrior school and one seems scary to you, uh, one that's good. We should do things that bring up fear and resistance in us. Uh, but two, if you just want to invest in 12 months uh, with me instead of two years or 24 months, come in, come in now because soon I really want to make it two year investment. Uh, And so the, I don't even know where I was going with that story. I knew, I knew when I started this story that I was like, Amy, you're going to get, this is what's going on in the conversation in the back of my mind. Amy, you're going to get off track And you're not going to know how to like loop it back into what you were talking about. Uh, Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. If I probably pressed pause and went back and listened to where I was going, I (laughs) would probably know. I think I think I was talking about how. um, Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. It came back to me. I was talking about building relationship. So one of the reasons why I ask for that 12 month minimum time investment, one, like I was just talking about, because I believe it takes a year Two, I want to build relationship with you. I want to be in relationship with you. So all of my women, I know them deeply. Uh, I'm very close to them. We spend a lot of time together in that year. And that's what turns me on is that I get to, I said to Carson the other day, we were talking about, I had a call with my business coach and we were planning out what warrior school might look like in six months, but you know, bigger than that in the next few years. And it's exciting. It's really cool what it's potentially going to to morph into or what I'm going to 
morph it into, uh, build, create, reinvent. And I was talking to Carson about how, you know, what matters to me is that at the end of my life or at the end of my career, I want to know that I have truly, truly, truly and deeply helped, you know, a few hundred women that compared to thousands of women. Now, I'm just using that as an example. It's probably going to be more than that, uh, but I'm just talking about the closeness, the proximity, the depth of the relationship for that year, if not more. Most of the women now, um, you know, they've been, they're with me for a couple of years, if not even longer than that. I've had some that have been with me for, you know, four, five, six years. Amy, who was one of my first clients in Melbourne, she was with me for seven years. Uh, And like, I'm in it for that long, (laughs) if you'll have me. Uh, And I was with my coach uh, for like six years and then my other coach for years after that. Uh, And so the building of the relationship is what's essential or important to me. And so when I'm thinking about the podcast uh, and thinking about inviting these big guests on, I want to try and build relationship before the invitation. And I think for some of us that, you know, if we want things uh, or, you know, we have a vision, we have a goal, we have a plan and we obviously need support uh, with those things, the building of the relationship, the building of trust and attention is extremely important before we ask, before we invite. Now, what I've been doing is maybe being in their world Uh, for a little bit of a shorter time and gifting the invitation a little bit sooner or some I haven't even had I don't have the opportunity to actually build relationship because I can't just be like hey (laughs) like we you know they're a little bit um, untouchable I guess you could say but that doesn't deter me and the no's don't deter me it actually inspires me it inspires me to maybe write a better invitation, maybe try harder to build a relationship, to get better at podcasting, to get bigger. Uh, all of these things, it's, a, it's an inspiration. It's a, it, it's a possibility. And so the second thing I want to invite you to do is that if you get a no, don't let that deter you. Yeah, let it inspire you. Let it open up possibility and You know me, I take the long way home approach in my training, uh, in my work and also in my life. Like I am totally okay with a slow build. I've got lots of patience um, and I take the same approach in pretty much any area of my life of it's the long way home. Like I'm in it for the long way and I've got a vision and I'm okay with like slowly picking away at that. And it feeling hard sometimes, challenging, overwhelming, getting a lot of no's, failing, all of those things are a normal process, uh, a normal part of life, a normal part of creating, owning, running uh, your own business and a normal part of training. And it kind of brings me to what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how to stay motivated in your training And I know I'm kind of looping it back (laughs) to the start. I always do this to you, don't I? I like introduce the podcast topic and you're like, yep, here we go. It's going to be like nice and short and sweet. Actually, I think that I thought, oh, like I have a couple of notes here, but this one might be like 15, 20 minutes for them today, but it always ends up being at least 40 minutes, if not an hour. (laughs) So... I just have a lot of conversations and out of those conversations, I have really cool concepts and ideas to talk about. So a lot of the conversations I've been having with my warriors has been about motivation. So a lot of them are feeling blah, just blah, just like uh, 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 with their training, like they don't feel motivated. They don't really want to train um it's they don't feel inspired it doesn't really excite them 
they're just all feeling a bit blah. And I really want to talk to that because I'm sure if you have had a consistent training practice or tried to have a consistent training practice, there's probably been times where you've really struggled with motivation and it's definitely waned. So I thought it'd be cool to look at, well, what is motivation? So of course I went to Google, you know me, I love a good gooks uh, and The first thing I found, I didn't look too deep, but the definition was the general desire or willingness of someone to do something. So I kind of like that. There's a desire or a willingness uh, in us to do something. So a lot of my women right now are really lacking on the old desire or willingness uh, to do their training. Then I looked it up in another really cool dictionary that Esther Perel actually, and I'm going to talk about her today because I love her uh, and she is one of the women that is at my table uh, and a great mentor of mine. And she introduced me to this really cool other dictionary, which I quite like. It gives very unique definitions. Uh, And so the one that I found was on self-motivation and it said motivated by one's own interest or enthusiasm without external influence. So I think we can look at motivation as self-motivation. I like that. I like looking at it because if we're thinking about your training and you're not feeling motivated to train, uh, often that's like self-motivation. So Esther Perel, I found her work, I was living in Melbourne, so that must have been 2009, 10, 11, and her TED Talks, her original TED Talk was one of the first TED Talks that I ever watched. I got really into TED Talks, like I would watch multiple TED Talks every day. If you've never heard of TED Talks, I highly, I highly recommend jumping on the TED website and watching some TED Talks. And for those of you who've been listening to me for a really long time, you know that's a really big vision of mine is to one day to stand on the TED stage or a TEDx stage and do a TED Talk. Uh, that's one of my big audacious goals. Uh, anyway, I found her work and her work is all about relationships. So she's a psychotherapist And she believes the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. And Esther talks a lot about passion and desire and eroticism and intimacy. And her two books, which I've probably mentioned before, Mating in Captivity and The State of Affairs, are phenomenal. Uh, They're two of my favorite books. She's taught me so much about relationship, uh, relating to other people, uh, especially in intimate relationships and communication. And she's still teaching me to this day a lot about curiosity um, and passion, desire, eroticism and intimacy. And so I think about her work and I kind of put it in a lens of training and health. And so today I thought it would be kind of cool to bring in some of her work or her ideas into how do we stay motivated in our training And I highly invite you to go and check out a lot of her work because she talks a lot about, okay, well, how do we keep passion and desire and eroticism in a relationship, Um, especially our intimate relationships? How do we keep playfulness and fun in long-term relationships? And really, we are building a long-term committed relationship with training. And so we can take a lot of her ideas or her work when she's talking about intimate relationships relating to another person and we can use them uh, and look at them through the lens of building our relationship to training. So when you think about, go back and think about when you were dating or when you first met your lover or your partner um, or even if you don't have one currently, the time that you met them, you know, when you were dating, it's full of excitement and passion and desire and you can't wait to see them next and it's fun and there's playfulness and spontaneity and there's just 
this wildfire of hormones and pheromones and um, rolling around and you just want to spend so much time with them. And then you get into this committed longer term relationship and that wanes uh, the passion, the desire, the eroticism, the intimacy uh, slowly wears off and uh, And then we kind of find ourselves, yes, deeply in love, deeply committed, but bored, (laughs) bored and frustrated and the relationship has a lack of passion or desire uh, and we want more. Yeah, we want more from that relationship. I believe we all want to feel wanted and desired and we want to experience passion we want to be turned on in our intimate relationships but also in our life as well like I don't know about you but I want to live a life where I'm so turned on by everything that I do now of course we're going to go through seasons and we're going to go through times that it's okay it's okay for Maybe we don't have as much passion or desire or intimacy or eroticism. Uh, and that can also happen in our training. And that's, that's kind of really what I want to talk about today. When we start to train, think of it like dating. When we start something new, it's, we're seduced by it. There's a seduction. It's new. It's exciting. It's fun. There is a lot of passion and desire. Uh, We're quite intimate with it. And then over time, what starts to happen is that that can start to wane and we can start to lose motivation. We can lose this general desire or willingness to do the training. Uh, And we find it really hard to be motivated by our own vision or interests, um, without maybe external influence Uh, and then maybe we stop being as consistent with our practice or with our nutrition or our behaviors or habits Uh, and so and then we feel like it's not you know it's not working it's not sustainable it's not consistent uh, and so a lot of my women right now they're deep into their practice deep into our work together we've been working together for you know at least a year 18 months some coming up to two years and they're starting to experience this wane in motivation which is totally normal because you're creating a long-term committed relationship with training we ain't here for the hot one night stand or the first, you know, six months of a new relationship. We're trying to create a relationship with training that will carry us through the rest of our life. Long-term committed relationship. But being in a long-term committed relationship doesn't mean it has to be boring, passionless, desireless, <laughs> intimacy-less. I don't know. How do you say that? But <laughs> lacking intimacy um, or eroticism. Uh, so how can we bring those elements in? You know, I'm not a massive fan of the word motivation. And this is why I just wanted to introduce you to some of the language that Esther uh, uses And trying to bring that into your training, because when we're struggling with motivation, maybe it could be a few reasons. One, it could be an energy problem. So when we're low on energy, it can be really hard to feel excited by something motivated, enthusiastic, interested. You know, I speak about energy, energy a lot. So it could be an energy problem. If you're noticing that you're, you know, you're not really, you, you're losing that general desire or willingness to train, uh, that kind of oomph, everything's feeling blah. Look at your energy. Is it an energy problem? Are you going through a really stressful season or time in your life? Uh, check in on your foundation. Are you managing your stress? So it could be an energy problem. The second, it could be that you maybe have lost connection to your vision, uh, to your goals of why you're actually doing this thing, 
Because when we choose to take the long way home and we choose to build a committed long-term relationship with training, uh, that means that we might not get that, those same, you know, I guess we're not taking the short way home. So the results aren't going to happen like a six-week, 12-week body shred (laughs) type vibe, which uh, so I think connecting, reconnecting to your vision or your goals uh, is or losing connection to them potentially could be why we're losing motivation, especially as I've spoken about my warrior um, who I had the conversation about staying the course. Yeah, if you're, you know, doing something for three months, six months, 12 months, and you feel like you're not where you thought you would be, and mostly it's around body composition, that uh, it can be hard to stay the course or hard to stay motivated. So another way we could term it is staying the course or wanting to get off the course and try something new. Uh, But What we need to do is we need to ask ourselves uh, a couple of questions, which I'm going to get to in a second. So reasons for low motivation, energy, we've lost connection on our vision or our goals, or maybe we don't have a plan, or maybe we started something and it felt fun and easy to begin with, and maybe it ended, so maybe it was a short challenge Or maybe then it started to feel boring and monotonous and repetitive. Uh, And so your motivation is waning because it's the same old thing over and over and over again. Or you don't have a plan. So you're just kind of making it up as you go. And then that also doesn't feel good after a while because you're actually not getting the results that you want. So those are some some reasons uh, could be a time thing as well. You know, there's there is others, but actually there's a big one that doesn't get spoken about a lot. And that is that we don't actually have the balance right. And what I mean by that is structure and novelty play an incredible role in enhancing our training, in enhancing our relationship with training structure and novelty so we do want a predictable plan a lot of us do we want a plan that works with our body that meets us where we're at and that will allow us to progress to where we want to go a plan gives us clarity gives us a path we want that but or and We want our training to excite us. We want our relationships to excite us. And so I think a lot of programs don't work. And this is why a lot of training apps don't work is because they don't have the balance right between structure and novelty. And for a training practice to be successful and sustainable, for us to stay motivated in our training to keep that general desire and willingness to do the training, we need both. We need structure and novelty. We need certainty and newness. We need effective and fun. We need passion and desire in our training in order for us to stay motivated. And when we don't have the balance right, that's when we get stuck. That's when we lose our motivation. So all of my women that were really struggling with motivation, we just changed their whole training plan. We changed their whole strategy. This month, I've spoken so much about having fun. What are you doing for fun? Let's get outside more, especially in the north where in summer, Go and learn how to play pickleball. Go in the backyard and play a sport with your kids or your family. Go and join a social tennis club or a pickleball club. Go into nature or the mountains and maybe try hiking or trail running. Do your sessions outside instead of in a gym. Go to a different gym. Be in a different training environment. Let's actually change 
the training focus. So let's actually move away from lifting really heavy weights and doing the same strength movements and make it completely different. So a lot of my women right now are doing uh, mobility, flexibility and aerobic conditioning circuits. Now, these women have been with me for a long time. So, you know, they've got the energy down packed. They're strong and stable. And so they can go in and do some hit circuits or some, you know, high intensity type training to shake it up. We're just shaking it up. And so I've changed a lot of these warriors training approach for the month of August. We're also going through a reset, which is super cool. So it's a great time to reset the training. And sometimes we need to do that. Yes, we need some structure. So they still have a training program, but I'm bringing in novelty. I'm bringing in new movements that they've never done before. I'm setting it or programming it in a completely different way. We're doing things to time or circuit style of things. There's this newness, there's this fun element, there's this lightness to it. And that's okay to bring in. Yes, there's times where, no, we need to be more structured and more serious and more focused. And we need to do things over and over and over again in order to progress them. But there's also times to bring in more novelty, more newness, more passion, more desire and more fun. And it's about getting the balance right or working with someone that can help you get that balance right. Because if you want to be successful in your training, if you want a sustainable training practice for the rest of your life, you've got to get this balance right. You've got to have structure and you've got to bring novelty. You've got to have certainty and you've got to have newness. You've got to, it's got to be effective. You've got to actually see results and it's got to be fun. And you need to know when to sprinkle one in or when to bias one or how to balance them well. And so you are having fun and falling in love with training while getting, you know, building insane strength, getting stronger, getting progress and creating the body that you love. So here's a place to start. I want you to think clearly about your expectations from your training. So what expectations do you have right now? of your training and once you've had a chance to think more clearly about your expectations how do you then meet those expectations that you've set uh, for yourself and your training so those are that that's a that's where I want you to start I just want you to think about right now you might be feeling a little bit blah a bit unmotivated Okay, well, what is your expectations from your training? What do you expect from it? What do you want from it? What kind of relationship do you want from it? And once you're clear about that, then think about, well, how do I meet those expectations that I've set for myself and my training? You could also think about it from, you know, an intimate relationship. What are your expectations of that relationship? What do you want from that relationship? And once you've had a chance to, get really clear on that, then you need to ask, well, how do we meet those expectations together? That, that you know, how do we set those expectations together or meet them together uh, for each other, for our relationship? So also Googled expectations. <laughs> expectations, state or condition of waiting or awaiting with competent anticipation. So I was reading a bunch of uh, Esther Perel's newsletters uh, the other day when I was just thinking about all of this. And there was this section, uh, I forget what she was exactly talking about, but there was a heading where it had cultivate pleasure for its own sake. And basically she was just talking about how playing it safe gets it done. But if you want a sense of renewal and excitement, We've got to step outside of our comfort zone. We've got to create meaningful connections. And that often requires adjusting the context in which intimacy is taking place. So she was talking about how we should try to create the right ambience 
So for example, if we think of a soccer game, nobody expects to play on a littered field. We, you know, we pay attention to the space, the light, the mood, we upkeep our space to ensure we're ready to play at any time. And I talk a lot about the importance of an environment and a training environment all of the time. So creating the right ambience, the right environment or and alternatively changing that environment. So I was on a call the other day with a warrior who trains from home and she's she's trained from the gym before, but she uh, most of the summer she's been training from home. And we we agreed that she needed to change the environment. She needed to set, you know, set a different scene for herself. And so she went back to the gym and that changed the space, the mood, the lighting, and that helped her bring just this sense of newness. Uh, and so changing up your space can be really powerful. The second is switching up your routines. Uh, and Esther talks about how no matter how effective our rituals are, if we don't change them up a bit, they inevitably become boring. <laughs> so she talks about how you know it's important to take out maybe a separate email address just for love notes to each other or take a class together or go on walks together at night. And so we need to switch up our routine. And I'm sure you've all felt this, the monotony and the boredom that happens within a long-term committed relationship when every day is the same, the conversation is the same. Uh, (laughs) I actually hate having the how was your day conversation. Not that I don't care about how Carson's day was. Obviously I do, but I actually never ask that question or very rarely do I ask that question. I'll always come up with a different kind of question, like what was the most frustrating thing that happened to you today or what was the most fascinating thing that happened to you today or what did you learn today and that switches up our routine it switches up the conversation because asking someone how was your day it's the same context it's the same routine it's the same conversation and that it loses that passion that desire that intimacy that eroticism so I look for all any opportunity I can to try and bring those elements into yes my intimate relationship but even my training relationship I think about okay how could we how could it be more intimate or more playful or how could I put more passion into it how could I desire it more right now like get really excited about it What would I have to do? What would that look like? Uh, And those were just a couple of examples. Like I could have sat there for hours and hours and hours, um, you know, going through her work and pulling out uh, multiple examples. And really, in essence, it's okay. If we want this long term committed relationship with training, We also, you know, I believe we need to fall in love with our training. And in order to fall in love with our training, we've got to have both of these elements. The balance has got to be right. Or re-falling in love. You know, I've actually re-fallen in love with training many times. I'm not saying that it's not okay to be unmotivated and bored by your training. I'm not at all. I felt that so many times. before Uh, and it's pretty normal and it's good I think that's good because it's kind of a cool wake up being like I got to shake things up my balance is off maybe my energy's off maybe you know I am missing an element of newness or novelty or fun or playfulness like I think feeling unmotivated and feeling bored is okay as long as it wakes us up and we create a new plan or a new strategy to to bring back those other elements. And so I have I just want to say I have been unmotivated to train many times. And that's why, you know, we can't always wait to be motivated to train because training is essential for your health as well. Like you need to train. It is your responsibility to your body uh, and it is it's basically disrespectful if you're just waiting to be motivated to train. <laughs> uh, you're not going to be motivated sometimes. 
and sometimes training is going to be boring that you just have to do that boring thing you know that boring rehab exercise or you have to do you know that am I still doing this movement um the boring hard work matters and we're not always going to be motivated by that boring hard work uh and so yeah I guess guess that's all I have to say on that (laughs) I don't know I was trying to think of some you know motivational inspirational quote but you know that I'm not a fan of those so I definitely don't shout affirmations in the mirror every day don't have any mantras don't have any motivational quotes really circling around in my head I'm more of a okay let's just show up and we got to do the work uh kind of gal but hopefully that was helpful um it's okay that you're unmotivated sometimes. We've got to find a way to bring back in, um, find the balance again. And a coach can help you do that. Sometimes we need help with that and that's okay. Uh, but to the warriors in the north, I invite you for the rest of the summer, the warmer, longer days, get outside, play try something new, do something fun. And for the warriors in the South, as you crawl out of winter, I invite you to think about this uh, as you enter into spring and summer. How can I find this balance? Uh, You know, how can I bring passion and desire, eroticism and this intimacy uh, into my training? What will that look like for me this summer? Okay, it was an absolute pleasure. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.